Hi, and welcome to What the English, the Adult Migrant Learner podcast, where we speak to adult migrant learners about their English language journey and discover the trials and triumphs of learning a new language and assimilating to the Australian way of life. I'm your host, Emma Omran. I would like to begin by acknowledging the traditional custodians of the land and pay respects to their elders past and present. I also extend our respect to Aboriginal and Torres Strait Islander people. Hi everyone and welcome to Series 2, Episode 3 of What the English, the Adult Migrant Learner. In this episode, we meet Arthur and Grace. Arthur and Grace immigrated to Australia over 60 years ago. They are of Italian descent and have three children. Arthur and Grace share their experiences of assimilating into the Australian way of life and the many challenges faced in learning a new language. Join me now in listening to their story. Thank you so much for having me and for being a part of Series 2. I would just like to start by asking you, can you tell me, Arturo, a little bit about yourself? We'll start with you, where you're from and how long you've been in Australia. I'm from Italy and uh, I've been in Australia since 1955. Thank you. And Grazia? I come from Italy. I have been here nearly 62 years. I arrived in Australia 19 July 1957. Wow, that's amazing. And can you tell me, either one of you, how long have you been married for? 62 years. Did you both come to Australia together? No. My husband came two years before me. He promised me to build the house first and then they called me. Oh, that's nice, Grazia. That's fantastic. The builder built the house, uh, but uh, he... I was watching. <laughs> oh, you were watching? Oh, that's even better. He was working. Mm-hmm. Where, where did you work, Arthur, when you first arrived? Well, uh, uh, I started working at uh, General Motors Alden uh, in Melbourne. The very next day, I would say, because uh, they were looking for um, people, you know, and uh, I got the job, and I started immediately, you know. Did you have any English before you came and got that job? Not English whatsoever, because the, uh, the people uh, coming from Europe, so many, all over Europe, we got employed and uh, worked for them, you know. So when you were working, did you need to speak English? Not much, because they're... they're uh, teach you within a day what you're supposed to do, either working in a machine or working, in, in my case, in the engine assembly line. And the ones that teach you, you do that every day, from up past seven in the morning till four o'clock when you finish your shift and restart the next morning, you know. That was uh, my job to uh, put a part on uh, that, uh, in the assembly line. And I did that for uh, five years. Okay. So in that five-year period, did you try to find an English language centre or try to learn 
the language or what, what did you do there? Well, luckily enough that uh, General Motor, uh, they had uh, an American teacher, a nice lady. She teaches the, um, uh, the new arrivals, you know, they're working uh, for, uh, for them, English. And uh, I was working in the afternoon, so virtually I started my shift was uh, from 4 to 11. And uh, because I, uh, I decided to uh, learn English, the English class started at 2 o'clock. That means that uh, from two to four, I used to do three days a week English class with this uh, beautiful uh, lady, you know, very, very nice lady. Okay, yes. great. And can you tell me a little bit more about the classes? What was her delivery like? What were the things that you felt really worked for you to help you learn English? See, name, names of places, names of things, you know, like this is a, uh, a glass, this is a bottle, this is a plate, this is a fork, and so on and on and on, you know. And gradually, with the time, we're going in the, into a um, different subject, you know, and so on. Yeah, mm. yeah, no, really good, because that was actually the next question I was going to ask you. I was going to ask, when you arrived, what was the most difficult thing? Was it transport? Was it communication with people? For you, what did you find really hard or challenging? Well, as I, as I already mentioned, that's the language. Yeah. Uh, no English whatsoever. I didn't know what uh, they were saying. Usually, if you got a, an issue at work, they got an interpreter. They used to speak uh, different languages. Uh, in uh, our case, was a man speaking Italian, Greek, Maltese, and a few other languages. And uh, whatever, for one reason or another, you need uh, some interpreter. He was there to, uh, to discuss the things to with the management and mm. uh, with ourselves. Okay. So obviously with then attending the English classes and then going to work, slowly, slowly you started to learn and yes. identify things that this is the train station, this is That's the right. bank. That's right, yes. So it was, you, you felt that you were becoming a little bit more stronger and independent? Exactly, yes. Because, see, the more you learn, the more you get uh, confident. See, when you go to a strange country, and especially not knowing, you know, the language at all, you feel a little bit um, uncertain. You feel insecure in a, exactly. in a while, you know. Mm, exactly. And, uh, well, when you start learning at least to start understanding what a person tells you, you know, for uh, regarding work or whatever, everything. Uh, at least I'm I'm going somewhere, you know. Yeah, mm. yeah, that's right. And in terms of the culture, because I know with myself, even though I was born here, um, my family's from Egypt and we spoke Arabic at home. And at one point in my life, I lived in Egypt, but I really struggled with the culture shock mm. because I was mm. raised here. Can you tell me a little bit more about that? Well, the culture is uh, completely different than my culture. I really want to say completely, it's no comparison, you know. And uh, we had a bit of a, a bit of a problem uh, regarding on a train, on a tram, you know, uh, when you talk. We used to talk loud, you know. Yes. As a good Italian. And especially with uh, with uh, our hands, you Your know. Your hand gestures just and very passionate people, yes. And, so, <laughs> and they used they used to uh, laugh about, you know, and uh, the Australians, they're uh, polite, you know, in a sense. They won't 
come and offend you, you know. Yeah. But you can feel that uh, they have been talking about you, you know. Yeah, because they're not familiar. Well, that's right. But slowly, slowly, we adapt to their culture. Yeah. And vice versa, they start accepting exactly. our way of uh, doing, you know. Yeah, that's mm. right. That's right. Thank you, Arthur. I might speak to your beautiful wife now, Grace. Can you tell me about your work experience when you arrived here? Did you work at all? Yes. And where did you work? Well, at first I couldn't find any job because I didn't have no experience at all for nothing. Yeah. So when are you gonna looking for work? What job are you asking for if I didn't know nothing? I'm sure you had skills, I asked, I'm sure I you had skills. I asked for applying a job, a manual job or something like that. Yeah. But it wasn't very easy to find that job. So a lot of people, they slammed the door at my face. They said, no job. But clearly you kept pushing through and you were determined yeah, to but, find a job. So how did that happen? Every day I, I went out looking for a job. It doesn't matter if I find it or not, but still going and looking for a job. But it was no job. I would say it was plenty job, but not the, for me. Yeah. After a long time, I find a job in a biscuit factory through my friend. Okay, so that hasn't changed, has it? Yeah. Still the networking yeah. and if you know someone, great. Okay. My good. friend um, found me a job where she was working. Swallow was biscuit. How long were you there for? Nearly two years I worked in there. But then I had a baby. Yes. And I stopped working. And then I went back and I worked another year or so. But then another baby came. So, <laughs> Lovely. So yeah. I, had, I had to stop. But I couldn't find any, any job anywhere because I didn't know nothing. Yeah. So it was a plenty job in sewing, sewing on a clothing factory where they, they teach you how to use the electric machine, so, so. sewing machine. So I went there. I learned only for a small, small time. I couldn't learn so fast because yeah. uh, it was hard. But then anyway, when I, I, I learned the most, I had to know. So another friend found me a job in a clothing factory. Great, yeah. So I started to work there. Yeah. And slowly, slowly, I practicing. I learned how to make a dress, shirt, dress, coat, jacket. You know, I, I used to change wow. job as I needed. The more you work like that, the more you you get um, expert on uh, on using the in, machine. In the machine yeah, and you're yeah. in expert in sewing. I change so many factories. I am a very expert in the sewing machine. Yeah. So I find a job in um, Ford factory sewing in. Car seaters. Right, okay. It was good there because they pay me very well. Yeah, excellent. But after that, I went to another job where they make a lounge chair 
Yeah, I worked there for about a seven year. Can you talk to me a little bit about English and how you gained more knowledge of the language? Was it through the people that you worked with, neighbours, your community? What was the sequence, the developments up until now? Because, you know, obviously both you and Arthur, you know, you've been here for so long and you've become so skilled in speaking English. How did it start for you? Well, at the first, when I started to work, all the nationality girls sit together talking their own language, and we understood to each other. Look at that. Just purely through using your hands or Mm. your facial expressions, you all connected. There was a connection. Yes, Mm. and it was very funny because, you know, everybody spoke a different language and we don't know what they're talking about. And <laughs> <Yeah>. uh, <laughs> we had the fun too. Yeah. To get uh, with these girls. And we come like a family in a factory. Yeah. I was just going to say, developed a good relationship with each yes, other. Yes, yeah. we used to respect each other because we don't need no one else to speak. Yeah. And, and really, all of you were there supporting each other. Because right. everyone, yes. everyone, I would imagine, was yes, the same. Yes. They all, they're all in a new country. They feel yes, isolated, yes. maybe, and they're not really sure. Yes, yes, it, yep. it was like that. We used to help each other. Doesn't matter what nationality, but we help each other yeah, when it's it, beautiful when yeah. they needed it. So later on, when you settled here and you had your children, and in terms of your surroundings and your neighbours and everything else, did you have a good relationship, you know, with other people and and, and trying to connect that way, like now being more familiar with areas and suburbs and, for example, how to travel from one place to the other, catching transport. Can you talk a little bit more about that when you were more comfortable? When I come uh, to live in this house in Glenroy, it's not lots of houses like now. Mm. There was one, one house here, one then. But also unmade roads. And uh, wintertime, uh, well, the puddles are all over the place, you know. Mm. And uh, she had uh, two children, small children. Yeah. And going to Glenroy to do a bit of shopping, she had to um, go with the pram, you know. Yeah. So to go on the other side of the railway, she had to do a bit of work. She undo the pram, get the basket with the, the two children, on the other side, mm. and come back here, get the frame, put it on the other side, rebuild the frame, and go shopping. And on the way back, she had to do the same thing, you know. Mm. Was a bit, Can't but, get it through for the mm. railway. And about the, the, the uh, what's the name, uh, the neighbours, they, uh, they used to be around us, uh, lots of good people, you know. Okay, good. You know, when we learned a bit of English and you can, we could communicate it. We had a good relationship with the, with our neighbours, you know. Yeah. So, I mean, in England, Glenroy, a long, long time, see. And, yeah, uh, yeah. I had the opportunity to move to another suburb, but uh, I've been told, to say, look, you got a beautiful house. So yeah. I changed my mind and I'm still here, you know. Okay, good, mm. yeah. good. No, that's good. And, Grace, before this interview, we were having a discussion together and I remember you telling a story about an experience you had catching the train. Can you talk to me again about that? Well, my English was uh, very bad 
one day I missed uh, the train I had to, to take to come back uh, home, but I took another train. And this train, it went so far away, so I didn't know where I was. Yeah. And then I decided to get out of the train. Here I stopped in the station. Here I didn't know. <laughs> I am crying. Oh. Yeah, I didn't know what to do. Oh, my gosh, you're going to make me cry now. Oh, my goodness. <laughs> it's okay. I keep doing... I, I keep walking up and down, but then <laughs> something comes in my mind. Yeah. I said, if this train bring me here, maybe bring me Take back. you back. Yes. Back. Yes. I went to the other side, side of the station. The first train came, I took, I come back to the city. From city, I took the, the train. I had to. I was very, very scary. Yeah, I can imagine how scary that must actually, be. Actually, yeah. uh, Emma asked you want to know the station in South Melbourne. Oh, South Melbourne. <laughs> <laughs> That's the one. Thanks, Arthur. <laughs> so in the morning, I didn't remember the station I had to get out. So I counted all the station. It was to Elfer Station. After 12, that's I supposed to get out. Yep. Yes. And that's how I and did. And that's how you figured it out. Yes. Yeah. Great. Excellent. Yeah. And uh, I was very f- funny sometime. I asking for the the ticket. I went to the st- to the uh, to the master. counter. I want a ticket for the city. Mm. And the man asked me, "You want the single or return?" I said, no, I'm married. <laughs> <laughs> and yeah. he said, well, that's it. I'm, uh, I'm married too. <laughs> <laughs> I'm sure that person understood, though. I mean, they probably obviously oh, yeah. knew that, you know, you're not mm. sure. And But then in the end, it worked. It worked out. It works out. And then it was a time we got the sack uh, at uh, work because oh. it oh. wasn't. Too much work around. Mm. So that's the time when I start to, uh, to go English class. Great. Excellent. Yes. yes, yes. Good on you. And from then, I still at the school. That's right. <laughs> it's, uh, she's uh, 25 uh, years at university, you know. Yeah. We might be, not this year, next year going to be the last. Yeah. Last year. Of university. But, but now, <laughs> I, I don't say I am a professor, but I can, I can read a book, I can write. Great, yes. I understand pretty well. She can read or write better in English than in Italian. Would you believe uh, that? There you go. Look at that. There you go. So really, both of you and, and everyone is capable it's hard in the beginning. Yes, yes. But you can do it. If yes. you want to do something, you can do it. Yes, yes. You've achieved so much. But as we say in, uh, in Italian, tutti principi sono duri. The meaning is all the, every, you know, all the starts, they're, uh, come si può dire, very hard, you know. Exactly. From the beginning, everything is always hard. The beginning, it's very hard. Then uh, you get there. It's true. Beautiful. So, Arthur, can I ask you 
how did your English develop even further throughout the years? Well, uh, after leaving the um, Ford factory as a worker, I had a lots of experience in the painting uh, field, you know, as painter. And uh, I went to work with an Australian, and um, that's where my English started improving a lot. Yeah. And also, uh, I like to uh, write books, very interesting yeah. books. Yeah. Not just a magazine or things like that. Good books, you know. Mm. Yeah, that's great. Thank you. And uh, I just wanted to ask you, I'll ask you first, Arthur, what does freedom mean to you? Well, freedom is everything. I um, lived in a dictatorship era, you know. As a matter of fact, 1933 to uh, 45, we had uh, a dictator ruling uh, my country, my old country. And, uh, well, see, you got to do whatever they tell you to do. No, but, uh, not this and that. When uh, you're uh, living in a free country, I mean, you know, when I say free country, you have to obey the law, of course, you know. But the freedom of speech yes. when you talk and uh, People that uh, listen to you, that's his freedom, you know. You can talk freely. Yes, thank you. And Grace? Well, freedom, it's everything. It's, uh, you can speak whatever you feel, you can do whatever you, you want to. That's lovely. Yeah, definitely. Thank you both so much for being with me today. I really appreciate it. And I'm sure everyone listening is really going to benefit from your story. You know, they're, they're going to love listening to your experience and that's what the podcast is all about, that journey. Yes, yes. thank you for the opportunity yes. to, uh, to talk about. But thank you. I wanted to say. Yes, Grace. At first, everything was hard because new country, no speak English, it was very hard. But after that, today, especially... I am very happy to be in Australia because Australia is a beautiful country. It's given me a lot of opportunity. Yeah, thank you, Grace. Thank you so much. This episode is brought to you by What the English, the Adult Migrant Learner. Produced by Martin Franklin East Coast Studio. Please subscribe and share this podcast with your network.